Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Champions of Change, where we spotlight the women and non-binary people making a difference in the sports world, both on and off the field. Every Friday, hear how athletes, marketers, creators, executives, and more are breaking down barriers and changing the game forever. I'm Adweek Senior TV reporter and your host, Molly Cahillane, and we've got a great episode this week. I'm currently in Chicago for my sister's law school graduation, but I'm coming back to New York early on Sunday so that I can head over to the Gotham FC versus Orlando Pride game in New Jersey. Hope to see some of you guys there. We've got upfronts coming up, so I'll have my hands full in the TV world over the next week. Check out all of our coverage over on Adweek, including updates on the writer's strike. I'm here with Sandra L. Richards, the global head of Morgan Stanley's Sports and Entertainment Division. Sandra joined the company in 2007 as its head of segment sales and quickly drove a 30% increase in hiring diverse sales talent. And then she formed the Women's Financial Advisors Forum. But Sandra's a big advocate, particularly for female and historically underrepresented athletes and entertainers through initiatives and sponsorships around things like Title IX, NIL, and financial liter literacy and education. So Sandra, I am so happy to talk to you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And through the technical difficulties and everything, guys, don't doubt Sandra's dedication. She is sitting outside to fil to record this at the risk that it might start raining. <laughs> it's all good. So before um, before we rec recorded this, I watched a bunch of your um, press appearances. So you talked a lot starting in 2021 around name image likeness, NIL. Um, so you've done some incredible work in this space, but I would love to hear kind of about Morgan Stanley's initiatives around student athletes and NIL and how that's changed since um, we started NIL in 2021. So, um, and thanks for that. You know, with um, Morgan Stanley and our global sports and entertainment group, I could just talk, take a step back that Absolutely. it was founded on the principles of focusing on 
um, financial education, among other things and, and, you know, product and services within our overall wealth management business. But financial education has always been a big driver for us. So um, we knew that these conversations were happening. But when this business started in 2014, that was what we focused on was financial education. Now, we couldn't go as much to student athletes in, in certain respects, given you know rules, regulations and, and the like. Um, but NIL has opened up the door in order for these student athletes to be able to have the conversations with professionals like our Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment Directors. So I know that there's a huge focus where now the players are actually able to, you know, make money off the name, image, and likeness. But the bigger, I think, thing that we we want to make sure that the focus is on, um, that they're also able to talk about representation and get um professional advice earlier on in their career where they couldn't do that before. And I think that's as equally important as making the money, but also now being having to someone that they can connect with about being good stewards with that money from, um, from the beginning. So in terms of, so how does Morgan Stanley work with athletes and student athletes? What, um, what, can you walk me through it? So there's a, there's a number of ways we get um, called in um, quite a bit from colleges and universities, people that run organizations, camps, um, and programs that have uh, that are engaging student athletes, and it's really for us to deliver financial education. And so we deliver our financial education sessions in partnership and dealing with um, the entity. So if it's you know they want to go deep in. Um, budgeting, investing, and saving. Our global sports and entertainment directors can do that along with um, the gentleman on my team, Akil White, that leads our financial education program. Um, or if you want to deal dive into how to build out your your team, we talk about that too. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, one year we were working with the Reese's Senior Bowl where we've been the exclusive financial education sponsor for over eight years. One year they wanted us to solely focus on the power of saying no. So we work in team in, in, in tandem and collaborate with the organizers, whether it's the, the coaches, the mentors, whoever it is, what do you want us to cover? Mm-hmm. And so that's tailored to the audience. So we don't do just a cookie cutter, here's our presentation, let's go. Um, it's really tailored to the audience and where they are in their learning level about um, about this. That's super interesting. And so I know the organization only or the this division started in 2014 how is how have you seen it kind of evolve in the nearly 10 years like you know it's evolved as as the sports and entertainment industry continues to evolve you you know streaming has taken up you know the one thing that i certainly love is even how you know i mean there's a lot of things that i love but you know how social media has um allowed that many people who had careers you know at a certain period of time, we're able to resurge and become mm-hmm. new superstars in the eyes of new audiences. And so I, I love how that some people's careers have been, been able to be reinvented. You know, the focus on esports is another big mm-hmm. thing that um, has emerged um, in the last couple of years, especially in the, in the pandemic, um, when we talked, uh, there was a lot of talk about um, how that had, has surged. And look, I'm not, I, I don't play this yet, but pickleball is a big thing. <laughs> And so, um, look, I'm, I'm a huge fan for a sport that I don't even play. Haven't even picked up a pickleball <laughs> racket or whatever they call it. Um, I just know I'm fascinated with the kitchen and how all the rules of the game. Um, eventually, one day I'll go play it. But even just those kind of things that are changing and evolving and technology has allowed 
um, the game and the sport to evolve and the entertainment space. So there's a lot of things that has happened since the, you know, this, the, this division was started. And the, the great thing that I, um, I admire about our, our global sports and entertainment directors who focus on these um, clients in the sports and entertainment space is they stay on top of the trends mm-hmm. and they stay immersed in what's happening and what's going on for the clients that they serve. Yeah, esports and pickleball are definitely two things that have exploded. And I recommend you play pickleball. Just try it. It's really fun. I'm I'm going to try it. So, you know, I don't know the power of my own hand sometimes because I used to play volleyball in high school and I had to not hit it again, hit the ball against the other side of the wall. So I got to figure out my power and um not saying I'm powerful, but I, I got to figure out my strength on that on that little ball there. Yeah, with pickleball, I don't I mean, I'm no pro or anything, but my family likes to play. So on vacations and uh-huh. everything, we usually try and find a court. But I'm not very good at it. My mom and sister are much better than me. I can't keep it in the lines. Like, like I hit it like a tennis ball and then it's just on the other side yeah. of the fence or other side of the field, yeah. rather. Court. Um, <laughs> it's a long See, day. That, exactly. <laughs> but I, 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 I love it. And I just love that the game is so accessible um, to everyone. And, you know, and, and across all ages, across all demographics. I'm, I mean, pickleball courts are popping up all over the place. I see on the news where they're popping up, taking over malls. Um, it, it's it's fascinating to me. I'm going to play one day. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely exploding. I mean, I read a New York Times article, I think it was a couple months ago at this point, about how like tennis and pickleball people are fighting in Manhattan because pickleball is taking over tennis courts. Uh, um, so it's because I, I live in Manhattan. So even just walking like I live in the Lower East Side, like walking down Houston, I see what used to be tennis courts and people are just playing pickleball all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my colleague and I are actually working on a pickleball story because he did one, Jason Nadi, he did one a couple of years ago. Um, but mm-hmm. even in the last year, pickleball's exploded so much. So we're going to time that around the U.S. Open because pickleball is now on primetime TV. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Very smart. I like it. I'll, I'll be sure to tune in. I appreciate that. Um, so we touched a little bit on what you guys are doing with NIL and just financial literacy in general, but I'd love to get a little more into this. I know you're with the NFLPA, but how... How does Morgan Stanley work with pro sports as well, especially as it kind of relates to women's sports leagues? So there's a couple of ways. Certainly um, in the business with our global sports and entertainment directors, um, working with them from, as we do with other clients, is understanding, and we we talk about this other all the time, is what is your why? And, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? So no matter what sport you're in, there, there's a reason why you play what you, you're playing um, to achieve a certain goal. Um, so beyond playing on the court, on the field, but you know, you're in this game for what reason? And um, you're getting to some sort of end by, you know, having a contract, you know, making this money, but what do you want it to do for you? So having those conversations. So our, our global sports and entertainment directors also work internally with our, you know, a number of strategic partners in just having those conversations and understanding where do you want to go so that they are having the most in-depth conversation with a client or a potential client about, you know, what are your dreams? What did, what did, what, you know, what legacy do you want to leave? And so those are the conversations that are happening all the time. And as you can imagine, every conversation is going to be different, which is, I think, you know, the, the love of being in this business is everything is not one size fit all. And I think that that's one of the, you know, the the beauties of what our advisors do day in, day out, is being able to adapt the conversation based on the person that they're talking to. And so we also are looking at, you know, relationships. You mentioned the NFLPA, you know, how could we, you know, 
collaborate with other entities that are focusing on this space and offer what, you know, something that they cannot. And so how do we bring our expertise to the table? And so the NFLPA um, is a great relationship that we, you know, many of our, our advisors have been in, the, in that um in the, involved in that organization for quite some time, but when they, you know, launched this new um, institutional financial advisor program, we became one of the entities in 2020. And so that has been really evolving into a great relationship. And we're looking at other, um, you know, relationships. We did something, um, a financial education program with the NBPA, the Players Association mm-hmm. for the NBA Players Association. And and I was focusing on emerging talent in high school. Oh, wow. And it was a high school tournament. And it was in Atlanta at, um, at Morehouse College. And our team came in. We were part of a career panel. Um, and then we also did, you know, financial education for all of the, you know, the players that were in the tournament. And so we, we, we run, you know, from high school to college to professional and even through retirement you know, our, our advisors are there along the journey and because, you know, they're immersed in this space, you know, they've, they already had clients that have been where some of our, some of their new clients, their rookies are trying to get to. So they have the expertise to, to, to lend in having a lens of seeing what has transpired before with the clients that they've had. So we look at, again, like I said, a number of partnerships and institutions on how could we deliver, um, you know, this needed, uh, service in, in, in financial education. I'm learning so much. Um, I mean, first of all, I think that's really cool with Morehouse College. I actually, I went to high school in Atlanta. Um, yeah. So, and obviously big basketball fan too, but I'm learning so much. And then I, I don't, I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm, and I'm a TV journalist. I'm very outside the world of financial services. And this is, I mean, this is Mm -hmm. fascinating to me learning what you guys are doing and just all this advocacy and education. I mean, I certainly could have used financial education in high school. Um, Mm -hmm. But so wait, speaking of as a TV journalist and understanding what's going on with the, uh, the strike that's happening right now. um, How does that affect, I I know you, you, you're supposed to be having a conversation with me, but I want to learn something. (laughs) something from you too and how is that affecting you all in this space yeah no feel free to ask away so that we're when as we're recording right now we're three days into the strike it's i am Mm -hmm. quite confident when this episode comes out the strike will still be ongoing um it's affecting me so i write about the business of tv um but so Mm -hmm. right now we just finished new fronts which is where the Mm -hmm. marketers um where the big media tech companies make their pitch to marketers. Um, Mm -hmm. The WGA is striking. So they actually have a full, they have a full calendar of where they're going to be. So they were outside of Peacock's presentation on Tuesday. They were at Netflix Mm -hmm. yesterday, not positive where they're going to be today, but yeah. Yeah. And we're going into upfronts. This will come out when we're in, no, this will come out right before upfronts, which is when Mm -hmm. the big companies, so the Warner Bros. Discoveries, the NBC Universal, um, Fox are doing their big presentations. I'm quite sure they'll be there. And it's really interesting trying to have these conversations with media executives because it's like, so I I had an earnings call this morning. It was Paramount's earnings call. um, And they, Bob Backish had to address it because an analyst asked like, what's like, and he feels kind of confident. They have a lot of content in the bucket. He said viewers won't notice for a while without the exception, with the exception of late night, because obviously that's already off the air. Um, so it's definitely throwing a wrench into my coverage and it's kind of giving us a new angle 
of looking at things. And I just hope both sides can come to a resolution because right now they're very, very far apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so for that, and, and thank you for that, you know, um, I was having a conversation yesterday with um, an agency and, um, and that represents a lot of writers and in the TV and entertainment space. And one of the things that we said is that you, you always have to be in a position where you're planning for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the kind of things that our sports and entertainment directors work with our clients on. Who expected COVID? None of us did. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're constantly in a place of where you're planning for the ex- unexpected, the unknown, um, hopefully if you you've started early enough that, you know, when things like this happen, it doesn't throw you too much outside and, and throw too much of a wrench yeah. into your financial plans and in and, and your financial life as as the strike goes on. So, the, you know, as this comes up, these are the types of conversations our advisors are constantly having and the importance of having these conversations because things like this do come up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think expecting the unexpected is something that's definitely important. And I think the media companies have been planning for this for a while because it's the talks mm-hmm. have been going on for weeks and it was clear there was not going to be any kind of right. resolution. And so what's different this time than what happened in 2007, the last major strike, um, that happened in November. This is happening in mm-hmm. May. So the broadcast seasons are almost all finished. Like right. the content's finished. And guys, if you're listening, succession is finished. We will get all of succession. <laughs> Um, so it's inter- so it's coming into the summer months, which are typically like traditionally a little bit lighter in terms of mm-hmm. like scripted series. So depending on how long it goes on, we might see a little more reality, like we did last time. Um, yeah, a lot more reruns. I don't know. Well, we will see. Um, mm-hmm. But with that, I think that's a great time to take a quick ad break, and we will be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps, to connected TV and off-site media across web and social, to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. 
For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. All right, Sandra, so I thank you for the sidebar about talking about TV and the Mm -hmm. upfronts and the strike. It's something I get very invested in and very excited about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I want to talk, I want to move back towards you and the work Morgan Stanley's Mm -hmm. doing. But you have been very vocal around work around female and historically underrepresented athletes. So what other kinds of sponsorships and initiatives are you spearheading? um, And why is this important to you? So, I mean... Certainly, one, it's important because I, um, you know, I grew up around sports and I um, I played um, sports in high school. Um, volleyball was my secondary. Basketball was my was my love. Um, and and so I'm, I'm still immersed in it. My god brother played um, in the NBA. I oh, wow. worked at the Jackie Robinson Foundation prior to coming to um, Morgan Stanley. So my life has been around the sports space. And so um, being able to see things up close and personal, even from afar as a fan, you know, it is important that I even say it from like, um, just from my own self and my own career that, um, you know, as a fundraiser, when I was at the Jackie Robinson Foundation, the most important thing was for me to be able to have somebody open the door for me and providing information is what I needed to do my job. And so, you know, if you look at it going fast forward, that's what I'm hoping that, you know, what we do in our space is that we're opening a door for people to have the opportunity to, to learn, to grow, um, and to, you know, hopefully be a part of the, the way that they're realizing their dreams and providing them information. So, you know, we've done, um, things from partnerships with, uh, the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches, which is a new relationship we started. Um, We've had a relationship um, with the WMBPA, Mm -hmm. um, where we were the first, um, for the first time, we hosted um, uh, an empowerment breakfast with, at the WMBA All-Star in Chicago, which this year is going to be in uh, Vegas. Um, And there's been a number of partnerships from the Senior Bowl uh, that we've done uh, again, like I said, I think for eight years now, where we're the exclusive financial education sponsor to relationships with like the African-American Film Critics Association. Mm-hmm. Through those relationships, that more is not on financial education, but what we do there, um, what is allow our clients to be engaged in, you know, diverse um, content in a in, in a in an early stage. So, mm-hmm. for example, African American Film Critics Association came to us because they had the opportunity to host a preview of The Woman King, and you know that was a big movie, big movie that was going to hit the theaters. And what great way to engage our clients by giving them a the sneak peek at a, a, a new film that's that's you know blowing up in the press of anticipation and being able to give that in, in front of our clients. So you know, looking at ways that we can also leverage our platform to, um, you know, highlight content. So those are the, there's, there's a number of things Mm -hmm. that we do and it all fits into, um, just our strategy of being 
in a in a place where we're we're showing our support for um, the sports and entertainment community, but specifically focusing on women and underserved populations. There's like six different directions I want to take from that response. That was a fantastic Mm -hmm. answer. So thank you. Um, I actually wanted to ask, you mentioned volleyball earlier and now basketball. So I wanted to ask, um, what was kind of the impact of playing sports growing up for you? Do you think that kind did that have an impact in what you do now in your career? Yeah, (laughs) it's so many things. Um, you know, I, I remember there was so many things. And and the funny thing is I wish I could show you this picture um, my high school basketball coach actually reached out to me through my best friend and her sister. We ended up getting, I got her number. And I tell the story all the time about how much she taught me when I, and she was both my volleyball coach and my basketball coach, and how much she taught me. And to this day, I graduated in 1993, and here it is, 2023. I'm still leaning on the lessons that she taught me in my career. And one of them was, um, you know, I was the high school, I was the captain of our basketball team. And I was a reluctant captain. I didn't <laughs> want to be a captain. I just wanted to go play ball. Like I don't, I don't want leadership. I don't want to, you know, be the leader of the team. I don't, I, I don't, I just want to participate. And, um, her seeing that in me, um, and, and, and forcing me to step up to be a captain. Um, and it was something I didn't want to do, but I'm appreciative that she did do that. Um, and seeing that I had leadership potential, but I just wanted to sit on the sidelines and and she's saying that's that's not good enough, and and I and I lean on and I still lean on that today on on the number of things I do. But mm-hmm. one of the big um, lessons that I got from her was also on humility. I um, we were playing a game and it was a double header, and you're just gonna have to bear with me on this one. It was a double. No, header, I'm listening. Let's do it. And it was a girls and boys team playing, and we were home. And of course, with the home games and the guys playing, we were able to have the cheerleaders with us too. So. Now you have a full gym. Cheerleaders are there, which is normally not at the girls' games. And um, it was, I think we were playing Garden City. I can't remember who the guys were playing, but I think we were playing Garden City. It was a big rival for us. And we were in the game. And for that day, I was on fire. If I have to humbly say, I was on fire. So, um, and, And I also will say that my cousins were on the team. So one was a point guard, the other one was a two guard. And I played a power forward, but I also had a, a nice jump shot. Um, and so we were on like a break. I come down right corner, three pointer, kiss the net. And I was like, okay, we on a roll. We go down. I don't know what happened. They didn't score defense. We're on a roll. They give it to me. I'm at the top of the key. Shoot it at a three pointer, kiss the net. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, crowd is going crazy. And again, another run happens. And this is like back to back. I go in the corner pocket on the left side. And somebody says, showtime. And I shot the ball and it kissed the net. And I turned around and said all kind of curse words at the Apollo, blah, blah, blah. And my coach was like, sub 24. And I looked down at my shirt. I was like, I'm 24. Why is she subbing me? We on fire. And I said, and, and when I tell you the crowd booed her, I mean, and it was a lot of people in there. And I went and I said, Coach, what are you doing? And she said, You lost your head. You letting that the you letting the um the fans get in your head. And that was very unsportsmanlike. You need to sit about sit down and think about what you just did. And I was like, Oh my God, we're on fire. And she's deciding at this point she wanna teach me a lesson. Like, you could have did that after the game. 
But she knows she made such. I mean, again, here I am, forty something years old, still recounting that day. And ever since that happened to me, I said to myself, I never want to get benched again. And so when people say like, oh, you're so humble, you're so this, I'm like, look, in my head, I'm screaming, showtime. But you'll never get it because I never want to be benched again. That feeling that I got, that I got outside and I let everybody else get in my head and not play the game the way that we should have been playing the game. And again, I was the captain. So here I am showing this kind of behavior to the the junior people on the team. I mean, it was so much that I learned now that she was she was putting forth. And again, I and I talked to her the other day. I had to credit her for just doing the 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 um, unpopular thing, but it made me better, and it made me you know part of who I am today. And like humility is a, is a big thing. And and again, people shouldn't get me wrong. I'm screaming in my head. But I will always remember those. So that's what sports did for me. It taught me a lot of lessons, a lot of character building. And it gave me a lot of confidence in myself um, that I, you know, didn't always necessarily have. Because I just wanted to play ball and go home. I didn't want you to look at me like, oh, she's a great player. She, she you know, went to the BC All-Star Camp. She was this. She was. I just wanted to play and go home. And I didn't want cameras on me. And then it was like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with being you know, under the microscope or you have, you know, journalists or local sports reporters, you know, calling on 24, whispering Richard, Richard, Richards and being humble about it. And and I tell you, that's something that will forever stay with me. And I told her the other day, my name is Coach Bethia um, and that Coach B will ever forever be imprinted in, in, in my, you know, character building. I am sure you made her a year by telling her that story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, She's like, you do? And I say, <laughs> yep, I still tell people that story. No, I, it, I mean, that is a lasting imprint on me. No, thank you for telling me that. Like, I, it has, it has an impact on me. Like, it's, sorry, I'm like trying to figure out so how my, to even respond so, to that. No, so my thing is like, I never want to get benched. And even when I, when I'm, when I'm here at the firm and I'm having, you know, you know, conversations with other junior people and, and, and the like, I tell people that story is like, you Yes, you know, you want to be rewarded and, and recognized for what you're doing, but also there's a level of humility that comes with that. Like, you know, and not, you know, uh, not resting on your laurels and, and, and you know, I did one big thing that should carry me for the rest of my life. No. And, and sometimes, you know, being pulled to the side, and I'm so glad she pulled me to the side when I was like 16, 17, and, and not being pulled to the side when I'm 38, like <laughs> learning that lesson too, too late in my career. I mean, it, it was such an amazing thing and I will forever be grateful to her for that. Yeah. And I think that I, and I talk about this a lot is that I think that sports, especially when you play as a, as a kid in high school, college, mm-hmm. they have such impactful and long lasting lessons. And you just told probably the best example I've ever heard of it, but I, and I'm sure you're familiar with the study um, from a couple of years ago it was EY and ESPN, ESPNW that 94% mm-hmm. of women in the C-suite played sports. And when you take mm-hmm. that to um, the executive level, that's 52%, or sorry, when you take that to the collegiate level, 52% of women in the C-suite played sports. And it's just, mm-hmm. and I mean, and I've said this before, no knock on theater kids or anything like that too, but sports are really, they can, they really, they change lives. It really does. And I think, um, and, and look, you also had a balance at an age, um, your, your academics and your, your school and your school, uh, and your playing career again, you know, I wasn't thinking all of what that was doing, 
But um, my coach, after the call, she actually sent me a picture of me in class. And I think I either still had my book bag on or whatever. <laughs> and I said, all right, I need to finish this work. Like the tone that that picture was giving me, like, let me finish this work so I can get to the gym. And what I knew, but she said, you always had your academics, you know, first. And I, and I will also tell you that, and, and, and I also do, you know, coaches are, are really, really important coaches and teachers. And I know people say that a lot, like we don't give them enough credit and we really don't. Because I, I had um, I went back to um, school to read um, my book um, to um, the book I wrote Rice and Rocks to a group of young kids at my old elementary school and it was my um, principal my old principal from high school I happened to run to him and this is pre COVID and um, he said to me oh my gosh it's so great to see you and we talked and he said what are you doing now and I told him. And he just said, you know, I'm so proud of you and like it. But he said, you know what? You made me a better educator. You made me a better administrator. And I was like, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. And he said, I don't know if you remember that day I took, the, I think it was the Regents. It was some exam I took. And it was right around the time my dad had passed away. And I wasn't really doing too well in certain respects in, in school. But I had, I didn't get a good enough grade to be able to move on to this, you know, honors program or something. And I went, he said that I went in there and I plead to him and I said, listen, I know I could do better. I have the capacity to do better. I need you to take a chance on me and let me take this over. And he said, at the time he was like, look, she's going through a lot. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let her go through it. But he said, but the passion and the plea that you had, I said, you know what? She believes in herself. I got to believe in her. And he said, you went, you took it. And, and now mind you, I didn't remember this story. He said, and you aced it. But that taught me I need to believe in my students as much as they believe in themselves, whatever they want to achieve. And he says, so thank you for making me a better educator. And I was like, wow. And I'm just sitting here thanking him for, you know, shepherding me through school at a time that was really a dark period in my life when my when my dad passed away. And I didn't even know, you know, the impact I was having on him. And I and, and that's the thing that you always want to pass on to the next generation. Like if they have the passion to do something, if it's sports um, you know, theater kids and the like, mm-hmm. you know, it's our jobs to help them get to that next level. So it's the same thing when we talk about with these student athletes being able to make money and monetize their name, image and likeness. It is our responsibility to help them that they're they're doing right by that and giving them the information Now you can't hold everybody's hand and, and you know, make them do something. But you can at least lead them to the water and tell them that water is clean and you can drink it. And so my thing is just providing that water. And what they do with it is certainly on them, but you want them to be in that, you want them to be empowered to get there. That's an incredible story. And just the, I just want to say the way you connected that story with what you're doing now, just the, the trails, then the strings throughout your life. It's, I could listen to you talk forever. This is amazing. <laughs> um, Thanks. As long as it don't start raining on me, we could talk forever. Uh, only got a couple more questions for you and then we'll protect you from the rain. But you mentioned the Jackie Robinson Foundation and I know you were there. Mm-hmm. You were, if I have it right, the development officer and director of corporate and foundation relations, right? Yes. Okay. Long title, mm-hmm. but an important one. So, <laughs> so what did you mm-hmm. learn at the Jackie Robinson Foundation, a nonprofit that you brought into your current career? So um, I was thinking about this the other day, not even thinking that you would ask me this question, but I was thinking about this about something else I was about to engage in. And, you know, the one thing with um, the Jackie Robinson Foundation, it was built on the legacy of Jackie Robinson. So that's years and years and years on history. 
And I got to that organization in 2002. I think it was 2002 I got there, which means this organization was founded in 1973. So it had a lot of history before I got there. And one of the things, and oh, I know why I was thinking about this. And one of the things that um, I always say, like, you know, you certainly have to learn what has transpired before you got there and thinking, how could you make this better? And the one thing that the Jackie Robinson Foundation did with all of its um, you know, donors, that there was this donor file, especially the corporate side. And I'm telling you, it was like wall-to-wall cabinets of, of institutions and organizations that had sponsored the organization. And when I first started there, I every night I would pull out a file and I would read it from soup to nuts. So mm-hmm. if there was a letter in there from 1973 all the way to 2000, I read the whole entire file. Oh, wow. Because to me, I wanted to understand my job better in dealing with these organizations that decided that from day one, they wanted to be with the organization. Or was it day two? Or they did, just, did they just come along two years ago? I wanted to understand the correspondence and what was transpiring between the relationship and how the relationship grew and evolved. And then what's the next step for me to take in there? So what I... I got from that is just, you know, appreciation, appreciating history and appreciating legacy and and what was my job to contribute to that and also just to leave it better. Because, I mean, certainly I knew I wasn't going to be there forever, but what was going to be my contribution um, to help the organization? And and that organization gave, you know, so much to me, I, I even in the job that I have now, um, I I think it was maybe my third or fourth day I was at the Jackie Robinson Foundation. And I think I I had to sit down. It had to be very early on. I had to sit down with Rachel Robinson. And she said, um, you know, you're going to be as this, you know, senior leader on this team, member of this organization. You're going to be, you know, exposed to so many people, so many things. And I want you to remember that you belong in the room and act like you've been there, too. And I said, what does she mean by this? And then she said, and I finally just said, like, what do you mean by that? And she said, you know, I need you to, you know, engage with these people just as they're, they're human. You know, they sleep just like you do. They go to the bathroom just like you do. And when you treat them as humans, they will connect you more. If you treat them as individuals, you'll get to learn and, and build a, a, an authentic relationship with them. And I tell you to this day, it that lesson has served me well, at least for me, I felt like it serves me well in this job is that I don't let the status of whomever, like I respect them, but I want to make sure that I don't let, I don't get clouded by, oh my God, this is a celebrity. Oh my God, this is a big entertainer, a big football player. I want to look at them as from the human side, from the individual side. And that allows me to connect with people um, in an authentic way and build real, true, authentic relationships. So that's something I also learned from the foundation. And again, you know, I just been fortunate to have a lot of people in my life that um, has given me a lot of lessons along the way, and I'm still learning lessons to this day. I love that. You do belong in the room. And that's, I'm going to try. Um, I love asking those kinds of questions because I always, like, people give the best advice. I'm like, wow, I need to impart that on myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, that's fantastic. And also just the dedication of reading all those files back into the 70s. It's people, people can learn from you, Sandra. I mean, I mean, just imagine in a file to to see 
you know, a, a CEO sending Rachel Robinson a correspondence about a lunch that they had. And I'm proud to support these scholars and what you're doing. And and it was it was telling me a lot about the company, the CEO, the organization, and also how much Jackie's legacy meant to these people. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I felt that it was my job. In order for me to do my job right, I needed to understand what happened before I got there. Absolutely. And that's definitely another lesson, too. And then I have one more question for you, and then I will let you go mm-hmm. before we get before you get caught in the rain. But we've talked a lot mm-hmm. about kind of your own advocacy and how you are making an impact. But what advice do you have for other people? So how can other people best be an ally to the women and non-binary folks that are working in sports? I, I would, I would, I, you know, the thing that I would, all, I, I, I would say, and even to myself, I, I, I constantly say this to myself, is just remembering that file cabinet that I went to at the Jackie Robinson Foundation and just under and try to understand what's transpiring. How did we get where we are today? And, you know, it, it's great to be advocate and ally and alike, um, but understanding why are we in this position we are today? What happened? What transpired? And the role that you're going to play. So me is always just staying a student of the game that you're in and, and, and also just be coachable because there's a lot of times I'll call our advisors, our managers, just to bounce ideas off of them. I don't think that I know everything or I profess to know everything. And there's only but so much I could read in Hollywood Reporter, Variety, ESPN, or watch on Access Hollywood. I still need to, you know, I, I still need that real people element. So this to, to stay um, thirsty for knowledge and and to be coachable, um, I think is and and also just try to be as as authentic as you can, you can be to yourself and to the people that you're engaging with. That's fantastic advice. Um, well, Sandra, thank you so much for joining me, um, and thank you everyone for listening to Champions of Change. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Champions of Change: Shattering Ceilings in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Amanda Sickler, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Hale, and edited by Lane McGibney at Outwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, shoot us an email at podcast at adweek.com. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections. Botox Cosmetic. Autobotulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.